0: up craig Yeah, hey, i was waiting for it it's so it's so weird still um hello welcome to this week's episode of juicing the big screen uh your your movies review podcast uh, i am i am one of your critics joshua tracy and i'm corwin
1: heller that other guy
0: yeah that other guy is about all your worth you stupid little bitch you joke but, but you're not wrong you're not i i i do joke um all right, we're we're talking about uh, eight mile and Ensemble D this week. Uh, Corwin, where do you feel like starting? Is that actually how you pronounce it? It is French, so I would uh, say
1: so. Okay, all right. All right. I'm glad uh, we had that discussion on it before we started recording because I don't know how I pronounced it in my head.
0: That is a-okay, buddy. Where do you want Where do you want to start? Uh,
1: let's start with eight miles, so we can finish on a. I won't spoil anything, but let's start with Eight Mile.
0: All right, two thousand two, Eight Mile, directed by Curtis Hanson, written by Scott Silver, starring Eminem, Brittany Murphy, and Kim Basinger, or Bassinger. I never get it right. I always think it's the other one. Doesn't matter. It had an estimated budget of 41 million dollars it had a cumulative worldwide gross of 243 million dollars so definitely a success hey i guess you have a
1: movie that comes out you know in the 2000s about eminem there and you're gonna you're gonna make some good money
0: white people love rap man uh the tagline is lose yourself in the music which i have to say is a very good tagline yeah um it has one Academy Award win on the back of one nomination, and that was for Best Music Original Song for the song Lose Yourself. Um, and that was an Oscar for Eminem, Jeff Bass, and Luis Resto.
1: Corwin. Luis uh I'm
0: sorry. It is, a, it is about a young rapper struggling with every aspect of his life, wants to make it big, but his friends and foes make this odyssey of rap harder than it may seem. Corwin, since this is your pick I'll let you start. Tell me about 8 Mile.
1: Man, uh I have never seen this movie before. I am a massive Eminem fan. I had a lot of hopes. Boy, man, there's just a lot going on with this movie and not a lot of it is good. Um I love the music. Obviously, the rap battles are kind of what this movie is about and those were, you know, up to expectations. Uh, I really did think that the music side of this was, you know, the only good factor involved with this. Uh, you know, Eminem's acting, I didn't have a lot of expectations or high expectations, I should say. It was better than I had hoped because being Eminem, you know, he, uh, he's able to get the angry and put a lot of emotion into those intense scenes. But man, his the soft side that he tried to pull off at some point, it's just, it was, it was awful. Um, that being said, the writing absolutely did not provide any support whatsoever. Um, it's one of those movies where it's like, I, this is exactly what I should have expected. Um, but, you know, it, it wasn't great. I could see why so many people enjoyed it, especially, you know, in that era when this came out. But, uh, yeah, definitely not a, a, an Oscar-worthy outside of that music. Oscar-worthy film outside of that music.
0: Yeah, this is a really weird movie in in terms of what it's doing and why. Um, so I'll start by saying I don't dislike this movie. I'm not a huge Eminem fan. Never really my jam. Um, um, but, yeah, yeah, I know. Sue me. Um fuck Eminem. Jay Dilla for life. Anyway. Um, but you know, I think he did a respectable job in his this is a this is a great instance of working with a non actor and asking him or her to do only what they absolutely need to do and nothing else. There are yeah. a few moments like like Corwin said where Eminem's, you know. Asked to do something outside Of his range but I'd say For the most part he's not And that is very much so to his benefit He is yeah, asked oh, yeah. basically To be Eminem and that Is what you should do with Non-actors who are trying to act
1: Right So, so I will say like I, I definitely expected this to be more Of a, a biopic than it actually was Um, But at the end of like There's no way you could argue that he wasn't playing Eminem, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely, I don't know the extent to which it is bio-picky, um, but it, this is definitely basically just Eminem, the character. Um, Eminem, the fictional fictional character um, being played by Eminem, the actual man. Yeah. Uh, but the movie's super weird because not, alright, so its premise is, is about rap and it stars who at the time is one of the three biggest guys in hip hop. Um, and yet there is not a lot of rap in this movie.
1: No, right. No, no, no. There's the, I rap was amazed the that like this soundtrack really wasn't anything more than some beats. You know, they had a, a couple songs to start and end the film, but uh, yeah. it really was just the rap battles.
0: Yeah. They had the rap battles at, the, at that book of the movie at the beginning and the end. And there was like, Uh, There was like some freestyling in like parking lots and shit like here and there, but that's not what I would call being music centric because that's much more uh, a scene than it really is uh, a musical backbeat. And that is really surprising because so much of this film feels ready for there to be music and rap. And then it just d- d- just doesn't. And it, it honestly makes the ending rap battles so fucking weird. Because you haven't seen Eminem rap with like an actual piece of music behind him since the beginning of the movie. And he hasn't really shown the inclination to do so since then. So it's almost like he's just kind of... He went through this whole odyssey... Which we'll talk about as it, this goes on a little bit, but at the end of it, it's like, all right, now I'm ready to do this rap battle again. And one one of my very one of my few notes is like, I for I, I, I didn't forget, but it's like this feels so forced because there was the the return to the rap battle at the end because there was no like I got to prep for the next rap battle. There there was there was no there was some conflict with uh the free world guys but it Mm -hmm. was it was the free world fuck the free world um but the idea of music in practice and not music in passion was not really a big part of the movie there was a lot of discussion about eminem wanting to have a career and there was a lot of you know eminem trying to i guess get like some of the logistics down with that guy that was part of the free world who like had the studio time and like blah 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 but and that's all music the passion or music the career whatever music in practice eminem actually like again trying to get some stuff down Outside of seeing him jot some notes wasn't a huge part of this movie which made right. the second rap battle so fucking weird
1: for me yeah it was one of those things where i thought it was going to be more music focused and not eminem kind of being a bum focused um not even being a bum just like more of a a life and family story instead of music which what i think you know all of us expected you know going into this for the first time but is what it is you know um I do think the, the music side of it was far and away the best part. Uh, I don't think that's oh, really a major
0: debate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like, as someone who's not the world's biggest... I, I don't really, I guess, truly, like, hate Eminem or or vastly dislike, but he's not my guy. But seeing him perform, like, that's what we're watching the movie for. Like, that's why we're all here. Like And that's where he really shines, because... Surprise! Surprise! The musician is good at music. Mm-hmm. Good so, thought. yeah, shocking. Um, I guess let's talk about about the the entire middle chunk of the movie that doesn't take place in the rap battles. Um, <laughs> what do you think of the bunny rabbit character?
1: Oh, I, I'm not a huge fan. Um, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, like. It seems to be an attempt to. Granted, I don't know Eminem personally. I can't speak to his personality or any of those aspects of his life that I obviously would never be privy to. Um, That being said, it's just. It seems like they really wanted to try and make him be this. What, what am I trying to get at? It's just like, I I really don't think that's who Eminem actually is. Like they tried to show him be this like soft spoken, um, you know, super family oriented guy who by all means, like, yes, I guarantee you Eminem is incredibly family focused with his family, but I don't think that's actually the most honest aspect of it. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't love it. Is I guess that'll be the final answer for this. Uh, It just didn't feel natural. It didn't feel authentic. And again, I really don't know that for certain, but that's my opinion.
0: I don't know. So I'm going to try to take this from a few different angles because it's weird what they ended up doing. So here's how if if we were talking about this before watching it in like 2001, you know, before the movie came out or some shit, the way I would have expected this movie to be going into it is, so you're telling me it's about Eminem's life and it's centered around rap battles. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I would expect let's leave the bookends in there with the first rap battle and the second rap battle and I would expect the the middle of the rap battle to be, uh, or the, the middle of the movie to, to almost be Rocky-like in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, like Eminem Training, uh, working on different rhythms with different backbeats, working on different uh, attacks and counterattacks, responses, timing, and then also working with, you know, through maybe some of the music industry stuff, um, some smaller degrees of grappling with some of the problems that were brought up in the film, because ultimately, I don't think they needed to be as present for them to still be effective, because the things that eminem ends up using in his final rap battle scenes are very surface level things they're very like yeah i'm white yeah i'm broke yeah this guy fucked my girlfriend uh yeah my friend shot himself and these are all things that you like those first three or four things i just said Mm -hmm. those are things you got 10 minutes in the movie
1: right like and like the the big kicker was just an offhand comment he overheard at a party that they like really held on his reaction of like, oh, I heard it, I know this now, but
0: yeah, yeah, they were yeah, you're right. So they he makes impactful. fun of one of the yeah he makes one of, he makes fun of one of the, the one of the main guys, Papa Doc, aka Captain America. Um, for, <laughs> I couldn't not see it anymore that he's Captain America. Um, and it made me so happy. Um,
1: uh, is he? He's not Captain America. He's the Falcon, dude.
0: I thought the Falcon dude became Captain America at the end of Civil at the end of uh the 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 most recent one.
1: I, I, I didn't see the movies, so I don't know.
0: Uh, I guess well, I really I, shouldn't
1: be speaking.
0: Yeah. Well, if, if anyone out there didn't see the movies, Captain America is black now and we are all better off. Um anyway. That actually so-
1: I know this is a movie podcast, so it is technically like on topic. I never thought that would be something that happened. I just, I feel like people would be up in arms about Captain America being, you
0: know, black. Well, luckily for us, the people who would be up in arms about Captain America being black are adding themselves as really stupid racists, and we don't have to pay attention to them. Too if fair. you, if you email us upset that Captain America is black, I, I I know exactly what your problem is and it's that you are a racist <laughs> and uh you're just a bad fucking person. Yeah, you're just a bad guy and and I don't care what you have to say. Anyway, um moving on along. So there's he's moving through trying to show a lot of different aspects of his persona trying to build a portrait of a man. And I think that's that's a very good thing i think it's a very respectable ambition for the film but when you get to the end of the movie i'm not sure any of it mattered because that's what's weird about this movie it wants to be like a character study but it isn't set up to be one it's set up to be a movie that should have been more like rocky where at the end of it he gets meaning out of this rap battle which again is like how it ends so you would think that is true but it then brings into question why the fuck did was Brittany murphy even in this fucking movie like her character didn't even need to really be there all she needed to do was be like hi i'm eminem's girlfriend i'm gonna go fuck that guy and he's gonna tell a bunch of people about it and then that's that's all she really had you know, his his mother didn't really need to be in the movie outside of "Hi, I'm Eminem's mom. I'm white and I live in a trailer park." Also, my son watched me get plowed and had no reaction. Um, that was weird. I will so- say
1: uh, that is by far and away the biggest difference from the reality of it, uh, because goddamn, Eminem's mother was not that supportive. And he is very vocal about that in uh, uh, most of his songs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She was kind of a wild character. Um, Also weird to see Michael Shannon uh, 18 years ago looking exactly like Michael Shannon does now. Oh, my God. I know. Um, That
1: was that was crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. He looks exactly the same. I am so envious. Um, I guess money really does do that for you. But yeah. And and this brings me to one of the, I guess, I don't know if, it, if it's all that spicy at, at this point, uh, based on how our conversations have been going, but one of the other points I was going to bring up is that Bunny Rabbit's a fucking dick. He's such a bad dude. And they they want to paint him as this, this sensitive guy who's going through stuff, but he seems like just such an asshole. Like, in the beginning of the movie, I wrote down... rapping to sweet home Alabama about being ungrateful for a free car from his mother is the whitest thing imaginable and so shitty
1: I don't think it was necessarily being ungrateful but it's like yeah like there's no arguing that the car is not exactly the uh, most reliable thing in the world I don't think it's that he's ungrateful more or less just they're making light of a bad situation the way that they do that, you know, they they rap, they're musicians, they're rappers. Um,
0: I I get that, but it's if you or I got that coming from a more middle class families, I think it would be different. Like, what else is his mother to do? It's all she has, you know. Right. It's and my point is that throughout the entire movie, Eminem is constantly pawning off his problems on other people. He's he's blaming his friends at one point for why he doesn't his career isn't moving forward. He's he's blaming the the one in he has in the record industry, kind of, for for double crossing him for also working with other hip hop artists that he kind of has beef with. Like he he's blaming everybody for his problems. It's throughout the entirety of the movie. It's crazy. And they want to paint him as a softie and, and like things and like, woe is me. And yeah, it seems like his life does totally suck at the same time. Like it apparent it is apparent that he is also the instigator of a lot of his own problems. He has the one, the one with stage fright issues that they can't wrap it at, at shows. He's the one who apparently kept losing jobs. He lost a job as a pizza delivery boy. And and then we're also, by the way, supposed to believe that he then got a job at a factory, which is crazy. Um, like. He makes so much of his own trouble for no reason, and it's not really addressed at all that he is one of his own biggest enemies.
1: Uh, I mean, i I'm not going to disagree that, like he is absolutely, you know, the cause of a significant amount of problems that he's upset about. Again, like, I, I'm not going to agree with you on, you know, the, oh, being ungrateful for the car or stuff like that. I, I don't think that was the intended tone or intended message of that. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, he lives a tough life. He is not exactly the most responsible or focused person in the world when it comes to, you know, being a responsible adult. But, fuck, like, it's 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 a lot to say that he is the worst guy ever. Um, I don't know. I think
0: know. he's the worst guy ever, but yeah. I think he's by far the least
1: sympathetic dude in the movie. I'm, I don't think I ever really sympathized with him because, again, there's not much there to be sympathetic about. Um,
0: Like, I like, think this yeah, his movie would
1: have... He's not doing much to improve it himself, you know?
0: I think this movie would have really benefited, even if you keep everything else exactly the same from, uh, what was his best friend's name? Like future, uh,
1: future was, uh, Makai Pfeiffer. Yeah. The the battle host.
0: I think this movie would have really benefited from a scene where future just tears him apart. Yeah. Like really gives him shit because it would have then given meaning to everything we watched and it would have also it could have also been a catalyst for the confidence that he ends up going into the final rap battle with. And instead Future just like passively he's super supportive and it's so nice like he seems like such a great friend. But like I think it would have really benefited from him being a little bit more straight up with with Rabbit about his terrible fucking behavior and outlook on life. Um anyway, what did you think of the uh, the final rap battles?
1: I think they lived exactly up to the expectations I had for them. I thought they were excellent. Um, you know, they were very well written, as you would expect from a Eminem written rap song. Um, I thought it was poignant enough to the rest of the story and uh, everything involved. I thought it it did a good job of representing what that probably was like and all that. Uh, and you know, I know that obviously Eminem is gonna win the rap battles, of course that's how it's gonna go. Uh but I do think they also did a really good job of, you know, not uh what am I looking for? Not, you know, making the other guys out to be like not good rappers or, you know, clearly showing that Eminem was the winner. It's like, oh like, no, I see why these guys are like the big baddies like known group because they're really fucking good.
0: Yeah, so i I've seen this movie a couple times before, and it's been a it's been a while. And my recollection is Eminem like handing it to these guys. Um, and I actually, I, I, you know, there, it, it's it's uh, three rounds. Um, I actually don't think I would have picked Eminem to win either of the first two rounds. Um, having having think- now watched this the third
1: time. I would have picked him to win the first one. I don't know if I would have picked him to win the second. The guy with the guinea tee on, yeah, um, is that a racist term now? Oh, I, it I feels I, kind of dirty, I, but at the same time, probably, I don't know, you know what else you would like. I don't know the actual name for those shirts.
0: <laughs> Tank tops. Uh, <laughs> that well, doesn't yeah. feel right either. Um, but yeah, I, I, now I don't. I don't think it matters what. Um, uh Captain America would have would have said for his rap battle, he would have lost that one because Eminem oh, yeah. went off in, in the previous one. But oh, yeah, yeah he yeah, tore yeah. him the the, one. the, the uh, tank top dude um one I thought was especially weak from Eminem because half of it was him going blah 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 it's like are you serious right now? Bitch for real? Half your rap is blah 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 yeah. um it was not good. Um Ooh. not great. But anyway um yeah, I don't really. Oh, oh, my one, the one final note I had. Actually, I have two notes here that I didn't get to. One, do you remember the actress playing Janine? Who is Janine? Oh, she comes up to Eminem when he's at the factory near the end. She was like, uh, "Why?" It was his ex girlfriend. She was like, uh, uh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Yeah, that's the worst acting I've ever seen in a major production. Yeah, it wasn't great. That was bad. It. I don't
1: know if it was the worst acting I've ever seen, but it, it sure I need as you, hell was good. You should you should go
0: watch that scene again because I, I swear, in a movie with this budget, I've never seen acting that bad. Um, anyway, the other point I have here is about the sex scene in this movie. Oh god, it's so bad. It was. It's so cringy. It's fucking, dude. I am. I'm 26. I have been watching sex scenes with my parents since I was like 13. This. It's uncomfortable to watch. It was in part because it is dead silent the whole time. There is no noise. There's no music. There's no real grunting. There's nothing. It is fucking uncomfortable. And to watch Eminem's vinegar strokes in complete silence is so weird.
1: Like I was waiting for like someone to walk in or catch him or something, and then it was like. Oh, he just came. He finished. I watched it on like this wasn't like a sex scene. This is a sex tape. Oh, it was it was probably the worst sex scene I've seen.
0: I dude, I know. It is it's so bad. It like was I'm
1: trying I'm trying not to be as hyperbolic as I usually am, but that really was probably the worst sex scene I've seen. That was brutal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> it was, it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> like, oh, I, like I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that it was less uncomfy watching any of the three sex scenes from the room.
1: Oh, I forgot about those. Those were bad. But, no, they're uh... so bad at least like within the context of the film, you're like, uh, this isn't anything worse than anything else I've seen so far. So I'll roll with it. Um, but this was, this was, this was awful.
0: Yeah. Cause in the room, there's like an obvious lead up. There's an attempt at romantic angles. There's music in the background in this one. There isn't even really any lead up to it. Brittany Murphy basically just like, you want to fuck? And Eminem was yeah. like, yeah. And then they did it in dead silence. So uncomfortable.
1: Um so the the guy that Eminem rap battled to start out the film, it was like tic tac, something like that, little oh, tick. Okay. okay. I forgot his actual name. Is that um, it? But, I'm sorry? I was gonna say, is that it? What are you talking about?
0: You stopped talking. I oh, confused. sorry.
1: I, I, it sounded like you were trying to say something, um, but that's uh, that's proof that was Eminem's like best friend, like growing up, coming up, uh, and he was killed shortly after they they made this film. And uh, so, like, if you see Eminem now, he's got two giant tattoos on his forearms for proof, and it was just cool seeing him in this because um, he he wasn't, you know, hasn't been on the forefront like Eminem has been, and all that. But, yeah, that was a cool little Easter egg almost.
0: Yeah, and Sammy then the up. character of uh, Future is based on M.M.'s friend, Proof. Mm-hmm. So fingerprints for this all over the place in this, uh, which is really cool to see. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, I got really nothing else to say about this. this
1: uh, there's not a whole lot to say, but I, I really don't have anything else.
0: All right. Um, why don't you give me a, a final rating and review then, and then we'll move on to the next one.
1: Oh uh, man, this is a, a great movie to watch some some fun rap scenes, but uh oof quality actual like movie production, writing, acting. It's not great. It's not good, I would say. Um uh, this is like a two out of five.
0: Yeah, that's about where I was sitting. I'm waffling somewhere between two and two and a half. The the problem Is that it's not like, oh my God, this movie's terrible. You know, it's not like, whoa, how did this come to? It's like you see all the fingerprints for a good movie, but it's just, it just didn't really come all together. So I'll probably Mm -hmm. settle in in the same spot as you, too. Like, I don't, if you, if you really love Eminem and you wanted to watch this movie, I would say, yeah, go ahead. Like, you, if you really love Eminem, you might be disappointed from a filmmaking perspective, but you will get to see a lot of Eminem and Eminem raps. So if your goal is to see many scenes of Eminem and then see him rap, this movie will do that for you. I can't guarantee you it's going to be a good movie, but it will do that for you. Um, so, but in terms of an actual movie movie, if you don't see this, you're not missing anything.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly how I feel about it. I, I knew this wasn't going to be a, a classic, but at the same time, I'm a big fan of Eminem.
0: I wanted to see this to see Eminem, and that's really it. It's all you need. Yeah, I think you watched this with the perfect context then. So shall we jump over to our second film of the day? Yes. All right. Now we're going to be talking about 2010's Ensemble D, uh, directed by Denis Villeneuve, um, written by Denny Villeneuve, as I'm trying to... Better my pronunciation of that name. Sorry for laughing through it. Uh, also written by uh, Wajdi Mouad, Mouawad, uh, Valerie Beaugrand-Champagne, and I already said uh, Denis Villeneuve, uh, also a writer on this film. It stars Lubna Azabal, Melissa Desormeau-Pauline, and Maxime Godet. Uh, there's a lot of French and Arab names in here, and ooh, boy. <laughs> um, it, Wow, wow. It only had an estimated budget of $6.8 million. That is surprisingly low, in my opinion. Mm. Um, cumulative worldwide gross of $7.1 million, so made its money back, but I wouldn't call that a, a true box office success there. Um, tagline, did I lose it? Ah, uh, the search began at the opening of their mother's will, which is accurate and not fun for a tagline. Right. Um, It was nominated for one Oscar. It was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film of the Year for Canada. And you might be saying, why is this a foreign language film in Canada? Because this uh, is in in French for the vast majority of it, with some smatterings of, uh, not even some smatterings, smatterings, with with a decent amount of uh, Arab-spoken as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. But this movie takes place in Montreal, which is basically its own subset, its own sub- uh, country in within Canada, or at least I'm sure the uh, Montreal peoples would like to see themselves in that way. Um, it is about a twin's journey to the Middle East to discover their family history and fulfill their mother's last wishes. Um, Corwin, shall I start, or would you like to take the reins?
1: Uh, it's your movie. You go first.
0: All right. All right. So I'm gonna again. I'm gonna. I'm gonna warn here that there is no good way to talk about this movie without ruining the entire movie. Uh, and I strongly recommend you watch this movie before listening to us talk about it because it's so much of its appeal in my, don't get me wrong, I love the rewatches. I, I truly treasure the rewatch. I think this is a really good movie. Um, but so much of it is is worth seeing things unfold without having prior knowledge. So mm-hmm. if that, if my desperate plea to you means anything, mm-hmm. go watch it and then come back because there's no turning back from here. Um This is a really interesting movie. I am such a fan of this movie. It's got, for me, everything I'd like to see in a movie. It's got a lot of intrigue. It's got a lot of scenes. It moves very quickly while also being uh, deliberate and being emotional while being um, foundational in terms of uh, um, there being a plot that moves along with it. I am. it. One of my well I took very few notes because it is very plot oriented but one of my few notes is how amazingly well balanced the film is in terms of giving you a slow drip of information while also telling the same story from two perspectives which in theory would have information being revealed very quickly and doesn't it still gives you that drip 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 of info for the mystery that is the central theme of the film while being able to guide you along these two paths to come to this conclusion. It's such impressive um, narrative filmmaking. And then the actual substance of what they're going through is so fucking interesting. It's so wild in terms of where it goes. It is, it is. I think, prescient because of the location. It's the Middle East. There's wild shit that goes on in the Middle East. There's wild shit that's been going on in the Middle East for Decades, well, for centuries, but you know. Um, and to have all of the geographic intrigue to match the mystery surrounding their mother's death, um, who cannot serve them as a guide because she did not give them the information to do so. Oh my god, it's it's fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah, yeah. Corwin? I, I really don't
1: even have a whole lot to even add what to what you're saying because of just how much I agree with what you said. Like you you were spot on. Um, I think this is a a near I would put this on par with like memento with how much affect the um what am I trying to say? The the twists and the turns and the revealing of information how much of an impact that all had. Um I thought it was phenomenal uh with how they did translate that information to the viewer uh consistently. Um I I was completely blown away at the end of this movie and and just how everything came together and uh like I, I was unable to watch this in a in a single straight through watch i I had to break it up just because of you know how busy my weekend ended up turning out to be but oh my goodness i i I couldn't imagine having all this information just being unloaded upon you in a single watch in you know a single two hour and 11 minute run where just my goodness what a what a film you know i i love denis Villeneuve. i think he's uh honestly one of the most talented directors alive right now. Um, and it's just so, so special with what he's able to do with uh, everything involves um, and how he's able to present all this. And this was just such an, an exceptional, exceptional movie.
0: Oh, I know it is. So uh, I love this movie so much. So to get into the plot of it, because that's really most of where we have to discuss. I'm gonna, I'm gonna conjecture is um, there is a set of twins living in Montreal. Um, their mother passes away, and she, they are uh, being read her will by uh, her her attorney, whom she worked for um, for throughout her her final years as as a secretary. And in it, she hand he hands the the daughter a letter that is meant for their father. And he hands the brother a letter that is meant for their brother, which is a very, very confusing series of letters for them because they are under the impression that their father died when uh, before they were born during a conflict during, in the Middle East. The Middle Eastern nation in which all this takes place is not specified. Um, so if you keep Lebanon. hearing us say, generally, it is basically <laughs> Lebanon. Um, it's like literally where Wajdi Mawad is from the writer of this film but it is not specified in the movie um and, and
1: all all the, all the towns that they go to are, are towns in Lebanon
0: i i know i'm i'm, I'm so yeah. they don't
1: say the word Lebanon but it takes
0: place in but, it, but it's Lebanon yeah based basically um anyway um so they assume their father had been killed back during conflicts uh in the 70s in Lebanon and they don't have a a brother as far as they know outside of one half of the twins. So that then embarks them on a journey that takes the 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 uh, sister, Jean, to the Middle East, to Lebanon to try to piece this together, um eventually being joined by by the other twin, um, Shimon, to help in the in the search. But he came in at the last minute. He didn't really do too much. Um, well, he got kidnapped, kind of, but you know, that's about it. Not yeah, I'm not kidding. He got he got told to follow along, and then got a hood thrown over him. You know, you know the whole deal. Yeah, you know how it goes. Crazy so while, Lebanese. Ugh, those wacky Lebanese, while it's <laughs> telling the story from the daughter's perspective of trying to have to figure out where her mother's old village was and where she went from there, and um, discovering that she did in fact have a boy that was born before them that was brought to. Uh, an orphanage that got destroyed during the war and where those kids go, blah, blah, blah. Um, They also then start going into flashbacks of the mother at these points in time, moving chronologically throughout the story of her own life, um, giving you additional details, showing that, you know, that she had this child and what ended up happening with it, the uh, uh, special marking that was placed on the child so that she could hopefully one day identify that kid again in the future. Um, and then these two ends of the same story are being told in parallel as the movie progresses towards the ending. Um, and man, it's just fucking amazing.
1: Yeah. Uh, just the way that they're able to have all these different storylines. There's what, like, throughout there's probably four, maybe five parallel storylines going on during all this. And give, me a, give me a rundown of them. So you have brother-sister. You could put that as one. You could put that as two. I don't care. Uh, you have the mother. You have the storyline with the um, notary. And you have the older brother where uh, you have that short... Uh, broken up different uh, plot lines with him, so that's five, six, even, depending on how you want to break that down further. So that's that's a lot going on where these characters aren't interacting with each other; they're in their independent storylines, independent narratives. That while they all relate to what's going on, aren't able to interact with these other characters and directly, you know, share this information, whatever. Um, so. I could see it being very difficult to keep everything in track, keep everything in relation to one another so that the viewer can understand what's going on. And I'll be honest, the the first act or so of the movie where they're cutting back between the daughter and the mother, um, I had difficulty determining who was who because they were dressing and wearing their hair very similar. But again, that was also the peak of me having to pause, start, pause, start. So that's a very small complaint that I'm not going to hold against the movie because I very much know that that is a a me issue. But outside of that, they did a, you know, Denise did a phenomenal job of keeping everything uh, just super
0: tight uh, with all these storylines. And and what's amazing, again, it... uh, the The control over information that is that is being revealed to you is just I just can't stop thinking about how perfectly it was done because upon watching this, i mean I've seen this movie f- five, six times now because i keep I love showing it to people. I think it's such a good movie um and if especially great for um people who haven't watched a lot of foreign films getting into it because I think it's really like encapsulating um uh, but anyway, um watching it a second time you could you could figure out that the you know the ultimate reveal pretty early on um based on things that they show you that you just aren't ready to piece together yet you know the the opening scene of seeing all the 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 young boys getting their heads shaved because they're you know being basically enrolled into some extremist militant group uh terrorist organization Reveals a, a pretty early on, basically where this movie is going to go. Um, it might not be evident for you because you don't know anything yet. But watching it a second time, it's like, oh my god! Like right from the jump, right mm-hmm. from the jump, you you can really start seeing how these pieces are going to fall.
1: Um, even oh. then, like I I didn't even know what was going on with that to begin with. Like I, I didn't know the context. Obviously, you don't really know. Exactly how it's going to go down, but at the same time, man. Like looking back, watching this, you know, this very much feels like something you're going to have to watch multiple times to really appreciate to the fullest extent. Wow, that that does such a great job of setting that up, even though you don't know it.
0: Yeah, I I mean, oh, it is. Which which feels like the mo of of Denis Villeneuve is that like so much of his film so many of his films are are so detailed and intently uh, or deliberately constructed and and meaningful in their in their choices which might not seem evident on a first watch but that i think will ultimately or ultimately has led throughout his career to uh not the world's greatest turnout um uh to the box office which i hate being like an end all be all for a film's success because having art be a part of mainstream cinema, I think, is very important. Um, but that might not ultimately translate to dollars and cents, but uh, fuck that shit anyway. Um, I don't really have many notes, <laughs> I, I'm looking at my uh, the same four notes I've been looking at any. the whole time. I, I mean, I, I. Uh, I I'm, I'm going to start searching for things to talk about at this point. What do you think of the <laughs> acting?
1: I like it. I don't love it. Uh, you know what? No, I can't even say that. I I think it is a a very well done, you know, performance for all of the main characters, especially the two lead women in this. Um I I think my initial you know, holding back is really just because of, um, uh, what am I trying to say? The, the, the fact that is, there is a language barrier. Um, and it, it's hard to understand all the intricacies of, you know, the, the acting when it comes to it. Um, but at the same time, God, I just, this is a great film. And yes, the acting is, phenomenal. Um but oof like I I just I love so much about this. Um so yeah, I, th- I think the acting does add a lot, but it's it's not uh it's not the it's not the the draw to the film at least for me.
0: Yeah, I think the woman that plays uh Nawal, uh Lubna Azabal does a phenomenal job. I think she genuinely does like a really good job. Um, with what she has to do. And then everyone else is, I think perfectly good for what they are needed to be doing, because uh, as kind of what we talked about with, with, with eight mile just previously, um, these seem to be by and large, non mainstream, not mainstream, not mainstream, like, like l- I'm not super confident. Many of these people are actors. I'll put it that way. Um, mm maybe not the, with the core part of the cast, but, like, even looking at the IMDb page, uh, like, five people even have pictures? Um, which, it, again, isn't, like, the end-all be-all of determining whether or not someone is, like, a professional actor, but, you know, it, it's telling us to to what extent they have a, a large repertoire of films. But they are asked to do pretty straightforward things Because while this film is very emotional and, um, I I guess, you know, heartfelt in in, in what it's trying to to do, it is also plot-oriented. And everyone needs to just be their part. And as long as you can cast people who are going to be a brushstroke in a greater painting... You're fine, you know. Like the office, who's who's gonna be like, oh, "I'll find your sister." Um, he doesn't really need to do a lot on the uh, on IMDb, but whatever. Um, danced around it. Wow. Um... What I'll let you start off on that, the, the reveal. reveal, yeah. I, I, again, as a warning, if you come this far, please, if you have not watched this movie, please go watch this movie. Um, so the as the, you move throughout the film, you continue to learn about the history of. Nawal, the mother, I'll just keep saying the mother um, And The twists and turns her life has made And specifically how those Twists and turns have been centered around the search For the son that she had at the very beginning of the film The character that you are believed to be uh, The brother of the uh, the Twins that are That have got The letters from uh, their mother's estate At the beginning of the film And the basic storyline is that the, As I said earlier, the son Was given up um it as part of like an old middle eastern Christian like you brought shame onto the family for having sex before marriage, blah blah blah, and oh, the I woman it was that,
1: a mixed i thought it was mixed religion in fighting
0: oh, you, know, you, know versus, versus you are right, that is exactly what it was um you yeah sorry, my bad you're you're right um anyway, uh that man who impregnated her was killed, and again, that's the story that they were told um as to why they don't have a father that man who was killed who ultimately yielded her one son so not the father of the twins as as you see very early into the film did die so she goes that uh, the son gets given up to an orphanage that orphanage then gets destroyed during a military conflict or a insurgent conflict pick what the correct vernacular uh that the kids all end up getting basically conscripted to fight in 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 this war, with one of the with one of the, those kids being um, Nawal, the mother's son. He grows up to be a soldier, and as Nawal kind of moves through her own life, she finds herself in prison for killing a. a I'm again dicey as to whether it was a political leader or a religious leader. I think it's a religiously political leader yeah mm-hmm. um and eventually he was like find- the head of
1: the the christian the lebanese christian coalition whatever the the official term for their you know militia or uh, group was
0: yeah this it, it, is a the middle east it's always tough to to know how to what extent uh their religious leaders are military slash political and to what extent they're not but he definitely had more than just being, he was more than just a guy who really dug Christ and wanted to spread the good word. So, anyway, uh, she killed him, got sent to, to a very, very terrible prison because in the Middle East, I don't think you get many uh, Swedish style prisons. Um, and one of her guards ended up being her grown son, that neither of them recognized each other because the last time the wall had seen her, her son, he was a literal fresh out the womb infant. Um, and that was the last time her son, um, whose name is Nihad, had seen his mother, and she, he ain't gonna remember that shit. Uh, and then he had gotten a reputation in his insurgent group for being a fucking awful guy. Um, and his one of his duties at the prison was basically the guy who fucked you and he raped his his mother. Uh, for like 15 years or thir- 13 years, approximately, she ended up ha- getting pregnant, having twins. And then after a couple more, after another year or so, uh, the prison got shut down. She got released. She got given the kids she had had because they had gotten taken away from her. Again, taking kids away from her after she had just had them because she got put back into prison They gave the twins to her, who ultimately grew up to be the two people we spend most of this movie looking at, the twins, that, from the beginning, uh, and sent to go live in Montreal. And this is when the twins make that discovery and hand the letters that they were given at the beginning of the film, two letters initially intended for two people. So you would think as a viewer, um, those two letters get handed to the same man because he is still alive and he was also living in montreal at the time uh which uh, is seen in some flashbacks throughout the film um
1: yeah As, uh, like was... the instigating fact like him being there is what set off all of these events because that's what triggered the mother's like medical I, I don't blocks. know exactly what happened maybe it was like a a stroke and, i don't know tough but, to say right the what caused the film to occur was him being there.
0: Right. Uh, and him reading the letters from Nawal, one addressing her her uh, captor, her, her uh, rapist really, um, and telling him, fuck you, go fuck yourself forever. And then one letter talking to her son saying, uh, I love you, I've always loved you, and I will always love you forever. Um, in just a hugely bizarre twist and a super emotional scene. Um, so, Corwin, at what point did you realize that was going to happen?
1: Um, uh, I actually had to look it up because I hate doing that with films. I want to, you know, I want to experience that, but when Simon was telling his sister the one plus one equals one, and she let out that just ghostly gasp, i I knew I missed something, and i had I really just was not keen on what exactly that was, or you know what they had learned through. Um, you know, having that talk with the warlord at the time. So I had to look it up and that's when I I realized it. And boy, that was, that was something, uh, to say the least.
0: Yeah. I mean, my God, it's, it's one of those things where like, you're watching, you're going, no, 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 no. Um, Oh and I just I just am in love with how they they slowly let out and even even the conclusion itself isn't made to be like it's not a huge like show stopping moment it's ultimately a pretty small moment you know like it mm-hmm. is really very controlled very tight very small very emotional and oh my god it's just it's it's so well fucking presented I am uh, just absolutely. in love with it. It mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I don't really know. It's powerful. It's certainly it's it fucking gets you. It'll really fucking get you. Um I'm not saying it's going to make you cry but it'll definitely make you make you you make you pause. Um cuz wow, is it a fucking moment.
1: Like it it's Denis Villeneuve directing. So I went into this with those expectations of having him at the helm, you knew it was going to be a a good film. But, oh, man, did I not expect to have, you know, this kind of emotional reaction to it. Because, uh, unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, right?
1: 100%. 100%. Oh, um... Really, we probably shouldn't even have reviewed it. We should have just said, go watch it, and that's it.
0: That's why I told you not to uh, not to look anything up about it before you watched it last week. Yeah. So, Uh, I mean, I mean, I knew
1: I knew the premise was searching for their mother and or their father and brother for their mom just from reading into it previously. But uh, no, no indication that it was going to be this.
0: Yeah, yeah, it takes some fucking twists and turns you would not have expected. And again, with with it being a two and a half hour long movie, this or sorry, two hour and eleven minute movie, this movie very readily could have felt too long or boring or that it was being repetitive. And it did not. This is an interesting watch the Absolutely. whole way through, even though they do double down on a lot of plot points, because you know, you'll see the mother doing the thing and then you'll see the daughter learning about the thing. It never ceases to be interesting. It will hold your attention the whole way through with how they reveal ultimately meaningful parts of, of this woman's life um, while also doing it twice. Um, anyway, uh, shall we do final ratings and reviews or do you have any other points you'd like to bring out? Uh, I think I'm ready for final ratings and reviews. All right. Um, I went second on the last one. So I guess I'll go first. You'll go second. Sure. All right, uh, fucking watch it, man. Fucking, yeah. fucking watch it, man. Uh, I have no real faults for this film. I'm really uh, waffling between giving it a four and a half and a five because I, uh, again, given the context of mystery film, I think this is phenomenal. Given the context of a drama, I think this is super effective. Um, I, I really don't know what more you could ask out of a movie like this. Maybe a few notes there, here and there, for some slightly better acting scenes, acted scenes. But like, that's Mm -hmm. so small, um, given the entire scope of what we're working with here. And from, it's also beautifully shot. It's heartbreaking. I think it gives uh, a good insight into what is still a very real part of what some people in certain Middle Eastern countries have to go through. the The religious extremism affects everybody, and it shows it in a very I mean the scene with the bus is is heartbreaking. Oh. It's yeah. absolutely heartbreaking. Um and and to to really have to see it and confront it and not have it be watered down for you is um effective while also not being over the top in in trying to like slam its fist into your face to get the point across. I, I I'm so just impressed with this film for what it is. I'm mm. I'm giving it five stars. I'm going for it. I got to give it a four and a half,
1: uh, just because on the scale of things, I think I gave Blade Runner uh, a four and a half, and I I still prefer that movie. Uh, Arrival, I think I gave a four and a half, and that I I would prefer. So, I'd I'd be very, you know, it would be difficult to give this one a five when holding those to the same, you know, holding them up in comparison. But I mean. God, like, just looking over Denis Villeneuve's last films, you know, Blade Runner, Arrival, Sicario, Enemy, Prisoners, Incendies, um, Incendie, excuse me. Um, You know, like, I, I think I'd put this as, you know, his fourth best film. And when you're giving it a five, I'm giving it a four and a half. And we both have no honest to God, you know, bodied complaints about it. That's just absolutely incredible. Um, so hes you know, I, I cannot talented. recommend it enough. I, I, I'm so, so excited for doing this year.
0: Oh my goodness. I know. I know. Apparently he's also making a Cleopatra movie because I'm on his IMDb page right now and that's going to really? be awesome. Yeah, It's one of those
1: things where it's like, I don't really care all that much for Cleopatra but at the same time, I'm not about to question it because what? Oh, really? I think
0: Cleopatra is one of the most fascinating historical figures. Like, I she co- never
1: really read into it.
0: Well, I mean, she she coordinated with Mark Antony and, and, and the Roman uh, Empire, you know, like, while also leading, uh, being the first uh, female pharaoh of the Egyptian Empire. There's a lot to get into there. Um, Oh, it's going to be so cool. Anyway, total deviation.
1: I, I do have to say, I'm, I'm more excited for the fact that there's apparently already a Dune sequel in production that I didn't know existed, which I'm Where do you so see that? excited about. What's up? Where do you see that? Uh, right on the IMDb page.
0: Dune Sisterhood. TV series? One episode?
1: Oh, uh, I don't know how to read.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That comes up a lot, doesn't it? Anyway. All right. So you're logged in at four and a half. Yep. All right. Um, then next week's films. Do you want to start? Or do you want me to?
1: Uh, you can start. Uh, I feel like I usually start.
0: All right. I I am sorry. I'm going with another foreign film, but I I couldn't help. Um, I couldn't fight the the urge to want to rewatch this movie while watching uh, Ensemble. D. They really don't have like anything to do with each other, but um, they are both taking place heavily in, in the middle east and that gave me a strong desire to rewatch 2011's a separation
1: another one i have not seen
0: oh i think you're really going to like this
1: how sad is this movie cuz that might affect my choice um
0: it's it's not it it's it's emotional and it's punchy in that respect but it is actually a lot more plot based than you might be thinking okay that's don't, totally fine. I, I another just, one, I'd you know. say, don't read too much on, but I, yeah, I think you'll be okay.
1: Josh, you have much higher expectations about how much reading into these films before I watch them.
0: I'm just letting you and all of our all of our listeners know. <laughs> Touche, right, what do you um,
1: got? This is one that I kept seeing while scrolling through HBO Max, and I I've read the book uh, twice, but I haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, I am going with. Uh, a recent film, I don't know what year and I don't want to look it up, but Doubt with Oh, Street, Amy Adams, um, Philip Seymour oh Hoffman. God. Yes, thank you, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, highly, I, I, I I am I'm excited to watch this because I do really, really love the
0: book. I am surprised that you would call a movie from 2008 a recent film. Is this from 2008? Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman died 6 years ago. And this was not like a recent film from him.
1: Oh fuck. Oh man. This movie is the entire like this is 3 terms of president since this movie came out. That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, this movie came out while Bush was still in office. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> So Josh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to call old. this recent. <laughs> We're old. We're getting there, I guess. All right, this is this will be good. I haven't watched this movie in forever, so
1: I'm I'm game. Justin, I need you to give me a list of movies you haven't watched so we can actually both watch
0: something new for the first time. It is a very short list. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, all right. So we got we got 2008's Doubt. We got 2011's A Separation. Um, those are the films for next week. Uh, Corwin, anything else before we go? Uh, is
1: Separation, A
0: Separation, streaming anywhere? Oh, that is a great question. Um, let me find out. A-
1: <laughs> uh, not
0: for free. You can rent it on Amazon Prime. Uh, but not for free.
1: Well... I mean, I see no other way of watching this other than paying price or paying a uh, rental price for this movie. So I guess that's what I'll be doing. Mr.
0: FBI agent listening in on this. Aw, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so a separation. Uh, doubt. Those are the movies, not this podcast subscription. Um, and uh, If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at BigScreenJuice. And if you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheBigScreen at gmail.com. And uh, until next Tuesday, uh, y'all be good. Bye.